You're tuned into the Alternative Edge on KBVU 97.5 The Edge, your place for all the best podcasts from Buena Vista University. You know my voice. I'm KBVU Sports Director Tanner Frost, BVU football player, among other titles here on campus, and I am introducing our new show, me and two other of my friends, The Entertainment Hour. Name pending, logo pending, just about everything pending on the show. I'm Tanner Frost, as you know, and I'll let my compadres here introduce themselves. Uh, hello, my name is Diego Ricardo Sebastian Huerta. Full name. In- incredible. I am a member of the football team and currently the a holder of the bench press record. You're going for that radio voice. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm Mason Bryce Wicket. I am also on the football team. I also am... Uh, record holder for what do you call it hang clean beat tanner knocked him off the board for now top top five top five but we're not here to talk about football we're going a little bit off topic from what we usually do so like we said you can probably infer from the name this is the entertainment hour we're going to hit you with everything basically media culture today and both modern and retro throwbacks so what we're going to do is we're going to have eight topics and this is going to be the basis for most of our show uh week in and week out with obviously some things changing and topics uh being of new relevancy every week but we're going to have eight segments and i can read them off here we're going to have a grab bag uh, on the horizon something that's coming out or coming out rather soon or maybe in a month or so time that we're really excited for that maybe we want to hype a bit over we're going to have a movie of the week, a video game of the week, a TV show of the week, and this can be from any time period, relevant or not recent, and uh, we're going to discuss those as well. Uh, Diego's going to have a retro rewind, Mason's going to have a retro rewind, and rewind, and I'm going to have a retro rewind, so we're going to throw it back a little bit. Uh, something back to our childhood, a little something that gets us a little nostalgic, maybe teary-eyed at some points, if it really means that hopefully. much to you. Hopefully not, honestly. I don't think I'm we ready need, to cry. We don't need I to be crying the in tissues. the club here. Excellent. But uh, yeah, so this is the Entertainment Hour, episode one, pilot, already better than football unfocused. Just kidding. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to Football Unfocused. Shout out to to Tyler Bruner's uh, Lost and Found podcast. A lot of great podcasts here on the Alternative Edge. And we are very glad that you're tuned in listening to episode one of the Entertainment Hour. So I think with that, we're going to jump right into it. But first, we need to discuss how we're going to do this. So like we talked about, the rules, there is one rule, basically, is that this show is both organized and random at the same time. So we're going to geek out on the show. We're going to be nerds like we're supposed to be because we don't usually get to do that in a controlled setting. Usually we scream and yell at each other our opinions and declare that we're correct, which is (laughs) the way it goes. But what we're going to do here is we've been trying to get in the Dungeons & Dragons and we, it's a tabletop RPG, I'm trying. sure most people, trying is the key word there. We're, we're learning. It's a steep learning curve, but we're getting it. So we brought our very own D8 dice with us. So it's going to be an eight-sided die. And we're going to take one of the eight segments, we're going to roll, and they're going to be numbered. And that's how we're going to decide in what order we go. So we're going to probably try to hit for around six minutes on each topic to start out for probably the first couple of weeks of the show and go from there, and then we'll eventually move on if we're getting a little bit on a tangent. We'll be able to discuss about it pretty in-depth, but uh, obviously we want to move on and talk about just about everything. So one through eight, like we talked about, grab bag on the horizon and certain topics of the week. So first, who wants to take the first role of the Entertainment Hour? Diego, go for it. Diego, take the honor. Ricardo, Sebastian Huerta with the first role of the Entertainment Hour. Here we go. All right, I am rolling and... It's an eight. D8. My Retro Rewind. We get to start things off with my very own pick. So, fellas, imagine this. This is the scenario. So, you're back at home, probably summer of, let's say, 2005. Good year. You just saw Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Actually, I think it came out in the winter. So, retract that statement. It's summer of 2006. I think it came out in the spring, didn't it? Fact check. Who knows? Let's fact check. Fact check while I'm talking about this. Okay. Set the scene. You're... In the middle of summer, you finally come inside after a long day of being forced outside by your parents because who wants to do that? You're going to play video games or you're going to sit in TV. And obviously, what are you going to go to? You're going to watch Nickelodeon. Of course. What, what's the, the the classic? Nick, 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 the Nick, Nick, Nick. Nickelodeon. It's iconic. Absolutely. So I want to talk about some of those retro commercials that really bring out, or not even commercials, but the the themes of Nickelodeon is sliming still a thing? Uh, I couldn't tell you. To be honest with you, I it's Fact been a while check. since I've tuned into Nickelodeon. Two thousand twelve was the last I know. I can confirm remembering sliming happening. Well, and I, why is that? <laughs> I want to know what makes you what makes two thousand twelve stick out. 
It was a good year for cinema, and my sisters loved Nickelodeon. <laughs> we also survived the apocalypse in 2012. <laughs> yeah. That was an excellent time. Um, what happened with that? Yeah. Uh, no, one of the big things I remember about Nickelodeon was Pickboy. You guys ever remember Pickboy? Pickboy. Refresh. Give us a refresher. Uh, I was the host of Nick, most of Nickelodeon's uh, segments, and he would transform into Pickboy. And uh, yeah, what does Pickboy do? I assume he he's a superhero. Nose, yeah. Oh, excellent. That's... You you'd know Pickboy if you saw him. I'm sure. I the one thing about those the Nickelodeon especially that stands out to me was the at the end of like Jimmy Neutron, fantastic show. There's the. It's like a one-eyed chimp. Paul. Hi, I'm Paul. Yeah. Quick fact check. Revenge of the Sith came out May, May. 19th, 2005. I have no idea who picked... Okay, so he's where he's a superhero. A, a supposedly superhero. A superhero, in air quotes, for sure. Jeff Stufen. Stufen. Maybe we can get him on the show sometime. Yeah, we will get in contact. I can't imagine he's doing much right now. <laughs> oh, probably not. <laughs> can we get the... Voice actor for Paul to show yeah. up. What probably some was that ever explained? What Paul was? He's a three-eyed monkey. I thought he's one-eyed. Is he three? Oh, it's one on his yeah. forehead, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he was Paul, and he was a monkey. He was yeah. Paul. He does I think declare the proper that. Proper term is chimp. Oh, my apologies. Staying. What? What other? Uh, Hanna Barber. I always remember in Boomerang there was the. You guys ever watch Boomerang? No, oh, I, yeah. I was strictly a Nickelodeon kid. I didn't like to stray. Late nights boomerang. Yeah. Babysat. Well, then it turned into Adult Swim. So yeah. That's a little. I wasn't allowed to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's when I'm in bed. But I always remember the one, the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, where they're on the, it's like the animatronic toys. They're going back and forth. Exactly. Like, you're watching Boomerang on that Cartoon honestly, Network. That freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just felt like a nightmare where they're all watching. There's <laughs> always these things that stick out in my mind that... that they used to exist, and there's always like YouTube videos of nostalgia that, uh, like overloads that always get you. But I don't know uh, that those really take me back. Like the Nickelodeon used to be the, uh, the, the like the overall theme was like the the splat. Like their logo was mm-hmm. the, like you you've been watching Avatar. Like you talked. I about. did, and uh, I showed this to you the other day. There was a segment when the Earthbender Toph, she was. An asteroid had crashed on the on the planet, and they went to it, and it was the special Earth they could bend. And there was a little Easter egg there. She turned it into a star, and then she turned it into a spiral. And then for, like, a couple frames, she morphed it into the Nickelodeon logo. And it was like, whoa, I have never seen that before. That's crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, if you want to go on an internet rabbit hole, definitely go look up some of these commercials. But uh, yeah. with that, I think it's going to wrap up segment one. So, Diego... Do you want to roll the D8 oh, again? I got it. Mason's got it. Okay. So, segment number two of the day. There you go. Oh. Oh. Off the table. On the ground. It's another eight. Reroll. Okay. All right. What are we talking about? Eight's out of there. My retro We're talking about Nickelodeon again. Number four. Number four. Game of the week. WWE 2K20. Shout out to all my WWE fans. Go Bray Wyatt. I can't imagine there's very many WWE fans anymore because the reason we're going to talk about WWE 2K20 is because it is a confoundingly abhorrent and broken video game. Nightmare. Yeah. Somehow, uh, for those who have paid attention to anything in the video game sphere, what happened was the uh, developers 2K, they were given – they were off – handed the game i think midway through the dev cycle like six months ago and they were told they had to finish it and they did their best so nothing against them but as a, a bad uh developer move which is 2k they're not known for being uh, they're, they're a very shady company uh, company lately but they were handed um this this dev group was handed 2k20 and it is just awful bad broken like regress past the playstation 2 era of wwe games and watch any gameplay video it is like nothing is working physics are completely broken and you mason you said you had a strong opinion on the situation as a whole basically well yeah and it's somewhat related to this absolute catastrophe of a video game but it seems that nowadays the state that games are released in is it's just unacceptable quite frankly and i think gamers lately have been settling 
let for less and less as time has gone on, which is really sad because you think back to how amazing and polished games were. I mean, you look at uh, the original Battlefront 2 back in 2006, 2005. Five. 2005. Uh, I mean, you think about all the great things about that game. It was shipped like that, you know. It it was it's, it's one of the, my favorite video games of all time. And then you look at the way Battlefront 2017 released. Absolute catastrophe. I mean, it's sad that game companies are disrespecting their player base so much and so often when um, gamers deserve a lot better. But the sad thing is gamers are settling for worse and worse and they just keep, when they keep accepting being treated like dirt, game companies are going to keep treating them like dirt. Like Mortal Kombat 11, all the DLC characters, fighting games in particular, they will on purposely, they have all these characters programmed into the game, won't release them with the uh, original version that's sixty dollars, and then you can buy these four characters for thirty dollars in a pack. Right, and I, I saw this really funny video one time where somebody took a disc uh, representing the entire game, and uh, they broke it into a bunch of little pieces, and they wrote on it the biggest piece base game, and then they wrote on the next biggest piece uh, DLC forty additional forty dollars, uh, another little piece season pass. Additional $20. And it's sad because they're taking bits out of a completed game and selling them to you for more and more money. So. I mean, the thing... It's kind of... A big reason about why this has been like kind of the turn is the way um, video game businesses are run now. Um, and like you talked about, drawing back in your old uh, argument that Battlefront 2 um, 2005 was shipped so well, it's kind of because it had to be shipped well. And now... Um, as a lot of companies treat games as a service, then they decide, well, if we're going to release the game and uh, if we're, we got to meet a quota, basically, and now that video games are producing probably more, uh, definitely more money than ever, and uh, <clears throat> delaying a game is probably going to cost them uh, millions, especially given unreasonable expectations like a, a Fallout New Vegas situation, um, it, it's going to cause more problems for the developer because they decide well, we can release the game and then fix it with day one patch or, or the likes when you couldn't be able to do that before. So you, you had to release the game. So it's kind of a, a, a sign of the times in the way that it's developed. But it's definitely not a good thing, obviously. Was, yeah. you, uh, things like Assassin's Creed Unity, Mass Effect Andromeda, Fallout 76. There's, I mean, like, there's countless examples in recent years of games being literally unplayable at launch due to trying to meet the deadlines and, I mean, and it's just the way it is, but it's not a good thing. I don't think, I don't know if there's any true solution to it. And you see this a lot with like 2K tw- games. Like 2K20 will come out, it'll be terrible. People complain about it. Give it about a year, 2K21's coming out, everybody's moved on. So it feels like video game de- uh, developers will on purposely like take a hit. Like they won't try to make the perfect game knowing they're going to make another one in a year. Well, and two things out of that one, 2K as a developer is a really. Not a very poor developer. They they treat their um, dev groups really badly, and obviously they're trying to push out a, a lot of uh, yearly franchises. But just on the same vein, sports games as a whole, as one of the working titles for the podcast was the FIFA 20 podcast. But like sports games as a whole, being pushed out every year. Obviously, physics engines are incredibly hard to make, but there's so many like bugs and and problems every year that are highlighted within the game engine that aren't fixed because basically every one of these sports games have a monopoly on the market. Like, if you don't buy Madden 20, what are you going to buy? Yeah. There's no other NFL game out there. Right. Because they they hold the license to it. But in it, because of that, EA becomes lazier in their, in their game development, and they don't work as hard to make a better game because, well, what are you going to do, not buy it? And if you don't buy it, 60 other people will. Right. I mean, like, they're making so much money off of a monopoly, and that's a problem of itself, but, I mean, that's a whole other topic. Uh, just kind of want to do a little tangent on that. I said earlier that um, Battlefront 2 shipped as an absolute catastrophe, uh, the 2017 one. Battlefront 2 now is amazing. It is one Content of the, wise. Content wise, it is one of the greatest games out there right now, I think. 
Yeah, it's got a lot of bugs. I can look past that because of how just pure fun it is. I mean, it is a fun. I I agree, but I see where Diego's uh, hesitant about it. It's, it's a fun arcade game. Um, it's obviously it's not like a it's it's a little unfair, and some some things in the game are are very unbalanced compared to I, others. I agree. I, agree. And I, just, but I have a lot of fun. With that's it. the point of the new series. It's kind of an arcadey mm-hmm. take on Star Wars, which is fine, but it. The games as a live service model shouldn't be the norm anymore, and it I is. Agree. Like Battlefield Five just had a big update yeah. about the Pacific. Well, big update. It's two maps, but the two maps are fantastic because they finally brought back uh, the Pacific. So the U.S. and Japan um, war, and there's Iwo Jima and a uh, another Pacific storm, uh, Pacific storm, just some random chain of island hopping. But it's a ra- it's really good. It's, it's brought amazing. a lot of people back, but it shouldn't take. Uh, two and a half years in the case of Battlefront 2 and a whole year now for Battlefield 5 to get to that point. So, right. like you said, we're settling for less. But, I mean, we can we can realize it's a problem, but everyone else also has to do that to ha- change anything. Diego had said something about how um, game developers will take a hit, though. And, yes, that is true to a certain extent, especially in sports games, I think. But I will – I feel dirty for saying it, but I feel – like I should say, good job to EA for sticking with Battlefront 2. I just feel like I have to get that out there because what they did with that game, and they they could have abandoned it. It's kind of like what 343 did with uh, MCC where they could have abandoned it. It was another ca- catastrophic launch. Yes. That was another big example. Right. They could have swept it under the rug. They could have taken the hit, but they didn't. They stuck with it, and they made it a pretty good game. So. Well, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is about to get a lot of Star Wars competition when it comes to games. Yes, and that's that's on the that's on the horizon for us right now, but we're going to re-roll. A little foreshadowing and for you. And we're going to hit Mason's Retro re- Rewind Excellent. of the Week. And Mason, you actually changed up on us right before the show, so go for it and explain what's on your mind, what's in the back of your mind a decade ago right now. Well, I uh, big shout-out to... Darian Savage, because he, uh, we were kind of talking about it a little bit, and that's what made me want to rewatch the show. But Avatar The Last Airbender, oh my goodness, talk about one of the greatest shows of all time. Uh, I rewatched it again, and there's a lot of stuff I didn't pick up on when I uh, was watching it as a kid. Um, just the storytelling in that show was fantastic. I know Diego, uh, Diego, you said you're a, you watched that when you were a kid. Very um, young age, yes. Yeah. But I um, watching it in order, I have a complete new respect for the show because um, just the beats that it hits along the way is fantastic. It's a really great uh, coming-of-age story for everybody, and the writing is spectacular, you know. Um, basically, there's this uh, – it's the, the power in the universe is called bending. And you can bend fire, water, air, and earth, and all this <coughs> spectacular powers and everything. And there's one guy who, every time he dies, he gets reincarnated. And he uh, can bend all four elements. And he's been gone for 100 years, so people think he's uh, dead or something, like completely gone. Um, but he comes back because he's been frozen, and he has to learn how to master all these elements and face his destiny and defeat the fire lord and it's it's just a really amazing show uh what's your opinion on the hit movie of m night Shyamalan in 2006 i want to believe we don't talk about that very much it's uh not very faithful to the show um i remember in that movie being very disappointed when because in the show firebenders can uh just Apparate. They can just apparate fire, but in the movie they they require to, a source. Yeah, they had to have a source like water mending. But so that was kind of disappointing. But I just I remember seeing it at the Razzies and then thinking, yeah, they probably deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> but something I didn't know. This might be old news for you guys or for some of our listeners, but uh, it's new news to me. They're making a live action show for the Last Airbender. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Directed uh, by M Night Shyamalan. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Fact checked, came out in 2010, not 2006. Yeah, I was going to say, the original run on the show is 2005, 2008. And I have to say, one thing I really appreciate, I, I have watched the show 
uh, when I was younger. I've never actually watched it through, and I know it's it's about. But now that you've been uh, watching it again, Mason, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm planning on going through it when I go back home uh, over winter break. I'm gonna watch it with my girlfriend. But I, one thing I do appreciate about the show that's uh, I think it's unique to. Um, I, I think it'd probably be fair to call it an anime. I mean, it's an av- I would say it's an anime, <coughs> anime inspired. It's a Western story anime, but I would say hybrid, it, it's. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I'm just saying, like, it's an anime, but I appreciate that it's really concise. It's three seasons, sixty-one episodes, about twenty-two minutes on average per episode, and that's a problem with a lot of anime. I mean, you're, you're wearing a Dragon Ball Z shirt, Diego, but like, just on the topic, but Dragon like, Ball Super. Sorry, I'm not a. <laughs> I'm not an anime. Anime check, bro. But I, I'm just saying, the point I'm trying to make is, like, one thing about anime is there's so many, like, thing uh, seasons that are strung out, and a, a lot of shows have so many filler episodes that you can gloss over. And when there's lists dedicated to your show saying these are the one episodes you have to watch, skip over everything else, I think there's a, a problem with that. So I appreciate how concise Avatar is, and um, like you, we were talking about, looking at the uh, IMDb list of top uh, television shows of all time, it's just, like... 12 but also on that list like four of the shows in the top 12 are also like planet earth type deals which i don't really count as a television show it's more of a documentary in my mind so it's more like a top seven top eight show of all time and based on what i've heard it definitely has earned that respect and oh, i mean sure, you can yeah. you're vouching it's, for it's it it's hard to find someone who really dislikes airbend last airbender there can be main of gripes with it but Almost everybody loves it, and that's why uh, M. Night Shyamalan's film was so hated, because he took such a beloved show and basically ruined it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he, uh, I mean, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Dang it. Yeah, me too. First podcast <laughs> ban. Take your time. A little nervous, yeah. <laughs> no worries. <clears throat> um, Use the force. <laughs> Uh, no, I just... All right. Uh, All right, Diego, roll again. Sorry. Right. But Rolling. You'll think of it come three yeah. episodes later. Rolling eight yeah. again. I don't know how kind of magic this is. Continue. On the um, floor. We gotta keep it's another the eight. And we can keep this thing on the table. We're lucky the eights today. All right. Uh, third time's the charm. Three. There we go. Movie of the week. Joker. Finally. Joker. We're going to talk about Joker. Not really uh, of the week, but... We decided we want to talk Top, about it. Well, it doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be incredibly relevant or recent, but well, it's the one we're going to talk about. Like, we'll get to The Dark Knight at some point. Okay. Well, you could say of the week because it was released that uh, it is now the most profitable superhero or comic mm-hmm. movie of all time. I remember what I was going to say. After right. The Last Airbender, rated number 12, I believe, on IMDb. So, I think I speak volumes. We literally just talked about that. I wasn't paying attention. All right, there you go. So that was completely Basically irrelevant. Wicked, that was a waste everybody. of time. <laughs> All right, now that that air's been wasted, let's talk about Joker. So what what did it pass up? Deadpool? Uh, it passed up Deadpool for number one rated uh, our film of all time, as well as Deadpool 2. I think Deadpool 2 is actually the I, higher grossing one. I think it was, yeah. Um, I believe Passion of the Christ, the Jesus story, still beats it if you count for inflation. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and probably worldwide gross, too. I bet yeah. you Passion but uh, the, joke, the Joker had a budget of around, I, I think it's $62.5 million. I mean, need a fact, fact check on that. But made is it making close to a, over a billion. Like it's projected to breach a billion. Mm. Making it by far the most successful or profitable superhero movie. Well, I'm going to... You can just say it. Wicked. We haven't had enough controversy yet in episode one. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think the film was all that amazing. Really? Not really. I mean, we all saw it together, and I thought it was a solid film. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if it deserves the merits of being where it, we, it's listed where we just talked about as the number one of all time. Well, well for R-rated movies. I mean, no, I understand that, I, but a major part of why everybody says it is because the critics, you know, blew this movie out of proportion. Really, it's a really great character performance from Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, absolutely. I think he did a great job with it. I would go out on a limb to say he did better than Heath Ledger, but I also have some very varied opinions on The Dark Knight. But I think if you look <laughs> at the film overall, at the whole, it's got maybe 10 to 15 mi- solid minutes in it, and it's just all about the suspense. After you see the movie once, I feel like you lose a lot of it once you get that payoff in the end. Now, there's some things that did really well. I love the idea, uh, spoiler alert if you haven't watched it, that 
the Batman and Joker are born on the same night. That was pretty neat. I don't know. That's very not comic accurate, which brings the major issue of this is the directors literally did not read or reference any comics at all. And a lot of diehard comic fans are upset because they wanted to see that Joker because Heath Ledger kind of referenced it, but he's still not comics accurate. Uh, Jared Leto we don't talk about. And <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix was a great story of a man with mental issues, losing himself in society and giving up, basically. <laughs> but if you really look at the character of the Joker in the comics, I would say it does fall short. Yeah, <laughs> I I love the movie. I uh, I would agree with Diego when you say that second time around, it's probably not as great because of the suspense. Um, again, spoiler alert, When at the very end when he pulls out the gun and shoots uh robert de niro he like it felt like the first time i watched that that dragged on for hours like i I knew something was coming i knew he had the gun uh i just didn't know what was gonna happen second time around was like oh here's where he's gonna shoot him you know and it takes away that wow factor so i will say the twist that uh sophie his imaginary girlfriend being Ah. imaginary that was a solid twist that i did not realize that threw me for a loop and that really cemented his uh descent into insane Although I was a little skeptical when he, in full Joker makeup and blood, appeared in our room and intimacy ensues. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty nuts. Yeah, he certainly was off color. But, I mean, I, I'm i listening to what you guys are saying, and some of the stuff is like, I, I enjoyed the, I, I disagree with Wicked, I enjoyed the, the final third of the, uh, of the movie the, probably the most, because I think the suspense leading up to, oh, yeah. to no, Murray's I, death. I and I um, liked it, I no, I, I'm just, I think it's the best part of the film. I think everything preceding, though, was really um, slow and dragging. I My main problem with the film is I don't think the Joker needs an origin story. And the thing is, like, uh, it, it's more – it's not even really a story about Joker, but it's more of a, a story about society, like, breaking um, uh, an already mentally uh, – disabled not disabled a, a mentally hurt damaged person Injured. Yeah, there you go. damaged if you want to go back to jared leto the <laughs> thing on his forehead oh i know um <laughs> uh, but I, I mean like it's place an, an, another character in that role and it could be an origin story about anyone else it didn't just it, it just felt like it was a the movie had like a joker paint slapped on it to me like, like you could really, make the movie, yeah, and call it something else, and it'd be the same movie and be just as good. Yeah, and in, in a way, I mean, I I don't know if I'm articulating this very well, but I'm just, I I don't know if the again I don't know if the Joker needs that origin story because that's kind of part of the fun is that he's just insane, bred from insanity, mm-hmm. and then most of the the fun of the Joker is him causing problems for the villain. That's why, or for the hero, and that's why he's such a fun villain is because he's. He he's creative in the way he he does that. Diego and I were talking about this after the movie. We uh, dis- we kind of came to the conclusion that um, we couldn't really see this Joker as the mastermind of the Joker crew. You know, he's not one that's going to go toe to toe with Batman right. since no, he and lost I pref- I every fight that. he was in. Right. Yeah, and I'd prefer that. Is what is what I'm saying. I w- I want the antithesis to Batman. I want the other side of the coin. Yeah, exactly. I want the guy who's going to push Batman to his edge, which. Dark Knight did do better. Mm-hmm. Um, when I really look at this movie, my major issue is it really seems like a video game, if you think about it. He's given a task. He goes and searches for an item. Like, he goes and finds the files about his mom. He's given a task that he's the son of Thomas Wayne. He goes and finds it. It's literally, he seeks something and then comes back. It feels very like they repeated the same kind of thing in the movie. Like, if they could have removed one of those things. I feel like the pacing would have been better and given us like 10 more minutes of him being on the Joker because that's where the movie really shine when they play the music and he comes out in full makeup. That's when you're most at attention and you're like, you know, this is the movie I wanted to see. And it's really short. I think he's only in full makeup for like the 10, 15 minutes. I don't yeah. know. Third act probably. I just I wanted to see more of him full on Joker. That's like. Iron Man being in the suit for only the final battle. And again, yeah. again, that's my problem with it, is the first two-thirds of the movie, it's like if he's not the Joker, it's the same story because he's just 
some random mentally deranged guy who's got a lot of problems going against him in a really bad place doing everyday life things like he's dealing with his mom he i mean obviously it's a it's more than just a day in the life because a, a major events happen but like he kills the guys and then he continues and the just like does the things he normally would and it could be anyone else but the joker like there's more people that are probably suffering in the city than him and that's obviously why people like revolt in the end that's the theme but um yeah i don't know i i much prefer see i prefer seeing peak joker uh, just to clarify on a point um I think Heath Ledger's Joker was more comic accurate. I think Joaquin Phoenix gave the better performance, although you could probably argue it's because he was given a whole movie versus being the villain of a movie. If you look at the actual time he's on screen, it's a lot more than Heath Ledger. He had more to room to work with, but I would still say his performance is probably better. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I loved his performance. It was spectacular. Maybe we can get Joaquin Phoenix on the show. That'd be awesome. I must say, he had the best dance of any movie this year, going down the steps. There's oh, another there, created a meme. Yeah. There's another thing is just one thing that sticks out about the movie to me, and this is a complete personal opinion, and it's not like a critic of the movie or anything, but out of all the songs to choose in that scene, why would they choose? What's the name of it? It's a. Hey. That that song choice stood out to me as well, incredibly the, weird. Did you hear about the conf- uh, controversy about that song? The guy who sang that song is apparently like a like a pedophile or something. Oh, well, I, and that's... like he apparently he got royalties and for that song, them using that song in prison or something. Well, good for him, I suppose. But his family can rock and roll part. That's two. what it is. Rock and roll part two by Gary Glitter. Yeah, that it's just it didn't seem very fitting. For the, the, the well, tone was, of the... Those were also right after the part where Joker looks directly in the camera and says, this is now a comedy. Well, it it was goofy. It wasn't funny. I just thought it was weird, but... All right, well... It was that, an odd choice. Yeah, it was odd. So, all right, well, with that, we're going to take a little quick commercial break, and we'll get back to you uh, for the, our last half of the show. So you're listening to the Entertainment Hour on the Alternative Edge KBVU's podcasting platform. We'll be back in just a couple minutes with part two of the show. Welcome back to the Entertainment Hour, KBVU, The Edge's newest podcast. That's myself, Tanner Frost, alongside Diego Huerta and Mason Wicket. Sorry, Diego, I didn't go with the multiple middle names you Diego have. You can no Sebastian Huerta. I'll save that for the intros very episode. Yes, there you go. Okay, so we're back for our second half of the show. We have four topics left. We've already hit The Joker, WWE 2K20, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender and the basically Nickelodeon Cartoon Network nostalgia bang. So now we are going to hit the next four. I just hit the mic. Hopefully that didn't pick up. But here we go. Number three. That's Joker. Just go again. I could talk about Seven. that all night. <laughs> three, one. We're going with a new Sonic trailer in our grab bag. All right. All right. So let's talk about obviously Sweet. when we're going to talk about the new Sonic trailer, we're going to have to hit the old Sonic trailer first. And basically, in comparison. How much better the new one looks? It just, in general, not only does Sonic's design overall look a lot better. I mean, this is my opinion. You guys can probably, maybe you can disagree with me if you have a dissenting opinion. But um, the feel of the trailer, also the vibe of the new one that just released, I think it was two days ago, maybe something like that. It actually does not look like an awful movie anymore, which is a good sign, I guess. Which I mean, we'll still have to see because. I, movie video game to movie uh, translations never been super great. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of good ones, if any. Angry Birds. There, there was one in my head that, but I just <laughs> say Angry Birds. Yeah, Angry Birds two, dude, coming out. Assassin. Yeah, there's a second Assassin's one. Creed. Yeah, that's awful. And also, also Wasn't that an starring awful Michael movie? Fassbender. Yeah, it was also awful. Uh, Resident Evil. Also awful. <laughs> Doom. There's <laughs> a there's a video on YouTube. Look it up. Well, why? Why uh, video game movies are so bad? Diego's Something about. Ceiling. Go for it. Oh, I was talking. Uh, uh, video game movies. Uh, Pokemon. What, what was the name of the movie? Oh, Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. That, I feel like was yeah. not. A, it wasn't like, bad, actually. That did definitely not in the standard. awful category. I had I had quarrels with it as a big Pokemon fan, but uh, it, I mean I liked it. 
so that's mm-hmm. better than I can say about most of the movie video game movies out there. I wasn't disappointed. I, I, yeah, I have a soft spot in my heart for the the old Super Mario Bros. movie, which is about the farthest thing you can get from Super Mario Bros. Ooh. I don't, I don't know. No, yeah, that's <laughs> some inside no, uh, joke. But uh, the video I'm talking about is by uh, the Cosmonaut Variety Hour. So if you yeah. got good 20 YouTuber. minutes to spare, go go give him a look and subscribe to them. Subscribe to yeah, him. He's yeah, good. He's got a. He's funny. He's got a really good channel out there. Um, no, but the yeah, the Sonic it looks really good. It looks a lot better, I would say. I, well, I don't know about really good, but in comparison. It, yeah. Compared to what it was. In comparison, very excellent, yeah. yes. I did see a comment on Reddit today on something about the so- the Sonic thing that said, it's sad that they uh, spent a lot of time and money redesigning Sonic for a movie that's going to bomb at the box office. Yeah. And as much as I do not want to see that happen, because these movie um whoever redesigned sonic they they listen to the fans and that's all we want i mean they big made studio it listening better. to the people yeah, yeah i mean that's, that's a good sign that's very admirable and just I mean, please see the movie because i want that movie to do so well and i mean sonic was more my childhood i i think he's a lot better than the mario universe personally oh, it's gonna be a fist but, by the end of this then um did you I have wanna, a sega genesis I, I had an old one for my uncle. It didn't work super well. I could drive, maybe? I don't know. I did not have that one, though. Um, I My uh, big game time was PS2. I remember um, Sonic Heroes, if you ever played Sonic Heroes is an excellent game. That I, and Shadow of the Hedgehog. Ne- okay, game. maybe not an excellent game, but it was a game I, I hold near and dear to my heart. Shadow of the Hedgehog taught me how to be an edgelord, so I, I appreciate that game a lot. <laughs> but um, an edgy game. I still don't think Sonic looks good. He something about his animation looks slightly off to me. Mm. Maybe the movie will—it's a trailer, so the movie might right. touch it up. The big part drawing power for me for this movie is Jim Carrey, because what's the last movie Jim Carrey did? I feel like he's been off the radar in Hollywood for a while. And he's making a big return, I suppose. So, and as one of my all-time favorite actors, uh, Ace Ventura. Um, I'm really excited to see him come back, and he looks like he's having a lot of fun with the role from he the trailer. Does. So that's what I'm going to say. I mean, I still love Sonic, and I'm glad that they redesigned it. And there's the whole conspiracy. This was like done on purpose. Yeah, that's oh. another thing I was going to mention. Um, the, I don't know if I can fully subscribe to this, but there's also the idea that first off, I mean, I I asked you about the the Sega Genesis because I have never like played in the prime of a Sonic game aside from like Sonic Heroes, but that's was basically the start of the downfall where then Sonic 06 came out, which is regarded one of the worst video games of all time. And Sonic really hit a, lo- a low point that he's still recovering from. But uh, but I, I'm a big Mario guy instead, and I didn't get to live through that huge war those two had, which dominated the market. But um, so I can't really say I'm a fan of Sonic, and maybe that's why the movie isn't like, incredibly appealing to me but it just doesn't i don't think i just don't think it looks that good in general like and I, i'm excited for jim carrey yeah. as well but in the first trailer the thing i'm worried about though for jim carrey is the basically the hayden christensen problem where you take a good actor or a, a competent actor i guess i don't know if hayden's really like a good actor i think hayden's a good actor he's better than what but the point is it's the hayden christensen problem where you take a good actor and you give them incredibly poor lines and it makes their performance look worse. And that's what I'm worried about for Jim Carrey and Eggman because the yeah. first trailer was really kitty humor and it was really uh, cringy to me when he's arguing with the with the sergeant or whatever that mm. whole exchange was. It Lake just wasn't funny. Insults. Yeah, I mean, that that's not going to strike a chord with me mm-hmm. in, the, in the funny bone and that's what I'm worried about. But yeah, I'm excited for Jim Carrey to portray Eggman but it needs to be done better than what i've seen right yeah uh real quick about the video games uh the big problem with sonic is it never translated well to a 3d environment and by the time we were all like at the prime video game playing stage that was the big thing coming out in 3d like it was probably a couple years before us that everybody was playing like the arcade games yeah both mario and sonic were successful but mario's had some pretty decent and successful games like mario odyssey and all that I mean, say that, yeah. Better than what Sonic's been producing. Like, Sonic 06, you know, has some terrible flops. I don't really hear people complain about Mario 3D games too much. And, like, Mario just came out with the app of doing Mario Kart. So, yeah. Well, that's the thing. And that's a whole other topic. But 
back in I think it was 1996 maybe um it, basically the, the the big leap to 3D Mario 64 came out which is considered one of the greatest video games of all time and then to follow that up Sonic Adventure came out which is Sonic's jump to 3D and while it it has its like quirkiness about it objectively it's a really bad game that in- monster in- yeah incredible yeah same the sonic kid's good too <laughs> but like it had incredibly bad voice acting and animation and basically that's where the down that's where like that's when like we talked about sonic and mario were so like even that's when mario just that's when the gap completely came. took off and sonic is never even came close and now sonic's in the in a c-tier video game well, series let's let's say uh sonic movie really successful i don't think it will be but let's hope that it is i really hope so how long until a mario movie comes out i mean they're they're planning one are they making one yeah yeah when is that supposed to come out i don't know do you think do you think the sonic movie will affect that at all i think the sonic movie might be like a testing ground for a mario movie maybe who's making the sonic movie is it dreamworks do you remember the trailer for you got uh, it like Um, what was the game called? You got, do you guys ever play uh, Bandit Cooper or Crash something? Bandicoot? No, um, Bandit Cooper, Sly Cooper, Sly Cooper. Yes, fantastic was, games. Um, yeah, this is one of the, my childhood games. They made a trailer for the movie, but I don't remember the movie. Yeah, not, that's a good point. Did it get canceled? Because I know there's a Ratchet and Clank I movie that, that was tr- terrible. Yeah, that's another one that didn't do so well. Maybe um, that didn't do I mean, so well. So they decide not to waste money on it. But I well, remember the trailer came out. And I was super excited. Yeah, that Sly Cooper trailer came out. I think in 2015 or 16, and it didn't look good. So I mean, I'm not incredibly distraught about it being uh, canned. But yeah, that's a really good point. That's a that's a flashback. What'd you find? You, it says Blur Studios. I've oh, Blur it. Studios is who makes the uh, the Halo cinematics and Halo oh, War really? in a. Uh, Halo 2 Anniversary and Halo Wars 2. They make incredible. Fabulous. Fantastic. Uh, Which makes you wonder why Sonic looks so bad to begin. Conspiracy? Maybe. (laughs) All right. We're going to Big step up in general. And you dropped it. I dropped the die. You absolutely hit you in the hand. Okay. So we have three left. We have uh, Jedi Fallen Order. New game coming out tomorrow. Mandalorian and the Disney Channel Renaissance. Tell us when you get a two, five, or six. I rolled a six. There it is. We're going with the Disney Channel Renaissance. Diego, this is your retro rewind. Take the mic. Uh, for this, first off, a uh, shout out to my girlfriend, Haley, for having a birthday today. Happy 22nd. Happy birthday, Congrats Haley. for being born, Haley. So many years really ago. really did it. Um, but my biggest childhood, uh, I played a lot of PS2, but my biggest thing was watching Disney Channel back when it was good, because compared to what it is now, I feel like there's a big downgrade. Um, I'm talking like... Hannah Montana show, even though I, if I went and watch it now, I would not like it. But being a kid watching that and like watching all the other shows that came out with Disney XD, um, I know, I believe they showed some Power Rangers and like Phineas and Ferb, for example. Yeah. Phineas and Ferb is actually one of my all time favorite shows. That's quite a bit older than Hannah Montana, though. You mean Phineas younger? Ferb? Yeah, I think so. Really? I think Hannah Montana is early 2000s. Fact when check. did Phineas and Ferb come out? Because I'm on it. But anyway, Phineas and Ferb shows like that that were so clever, and I mean this goes along with like Nickelodeon back in the day, like when Avatar was running all that. Right, right. I just That's remember the golden age right there. Yeah, I remember watching those shows, and then my uh, young sisters would be watching new ones, um, Girl Meets World, Live and Maddie, and I just maybe it's just because I'm older, but I just found it very repulsive. It's, I was it's it's buns. I actually like. What had to leave. Uh, Live and Maddie and Girl Meets World are the ones I'm most familiar with, and nothing against. I don't know what those are. You know the actors in the show or anything. They're about the same level acting, yeah. but just the writing of the show in general. Right. It felt very repetitive, and maybe it's just the eyes of an adult. But I just feel like shows way back then were a lot better now. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time you talked about the Nickelodeon splat, when every time one of the actors would come on and do the right, Mickey right. Mouse shape, you, and you're watching oh, Disney yeah. show. Yeah. That was that was my favorite part. I always imagined myself doing that, you know, <laughs> practicing the shower every night. Never yeah, got geez. signed, but Dang. still still waiting. All right, so I found it. So this is Hannah Montana premiered in March 2006, and a year and a half later, Phineas and Ferb started. So yeah. it really wasn't that off. So August 2007. But the thing that, that threw me off is that Phineas and Ferb lasted all the way to 2015. So it had a, a much longer lifespan while Hannah Montana went to 2011. 
Do you know Phineas and Ferb made a reference to SpongeBob and Patrick in one of their episodes? Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah, they he like holds up a star and a orange sponge, a yellow sponge, excuse me, and he's like, "Oh, I could build something with this." Then he goes, "Nah, they're useless." Oh, that's <laughs> funny. wow. Okay. Um, I'm saying Phineas and Ferb has never ever reached the peak that SpongeBob did. I don't think any childhood show is gonna beat SpongeBob. Um, there's a. I hate to keep doing this, but there's a there's another video on YouTube. It's like the most important SpongeBob character or something like that. It talks about SpongeBob history and why it's such a great TV show. It's give that one a watch too because it's fantastic. No, but uh, I'm gonna make a lot of enemies with this statement. I'm gonna go off on a limb. All Disney Channel shows are bad. You think so? I think so. I never. Did you watched bring them. your boxing gloves? <laughs> no, they're in, they're in the back. No, I hate to disagree with you here, Diego, but. I just I could never get into them. Like I said earlier, I was pretty much a purely Nickelodeon kid, and I don't know what it was. I just I loved the animation. I I couldn't watch the live action shows. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, not to knock on any. I I liked Victorious, iCarly, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. mainly because my sister wanted to watch them. Mm-hmm. Not I'm not like a fan boy of these or anything, but for me, I guess maybe it's just the nostalgia, uh, and maybe it's not any better than like now. But for me, that was a big part of my childhood, and I feel like a big part of all of us were at least, at least maybe those kind of shows. Right, yeah. And I feel like it's definitely just downgraded in quality. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, granted, Disney's now the overlord that rules yeah. every universe. Right, right. It just makes so much money they can make these mediocre shows. But back then, Disney was nowhere near as big, or we never thought it'd be yeah, this big. Yeah, I would agree with that. They, they really had to strive and really create and really work for mm-hmm. what uh, what they made. But it's uh it's kind of like uh I'm only finished, but it's kind of like what happened to uh Star Wars the Clone Wars and then Star Wars Rebels. Star they Wars They really tried and had so much passion for the Clone Wars and uh <coughs> they were faced with cancellation a couple of times and that's when they made their best episodes, you know, it was very much art through adversity. And uh, um, when they got bought by Disney, you know, they uh, they didn't feel like they didn't really have to try because. Yeah. Although now with Disney Plus coming out and. Uh, came out. Yeah. I mean, came out. I mean, we've been watching it. Yeah. I've been watching it. Show, for shows four days. like The Mandalorian and all that. Mm-hmm. I think now that they have their own platform, we could almost see a renaissance of more quality TV shows. I mean,. At least Mandalorian was right. good. I mean, yeah, we'll talk absolutely. about that in a future yeah, podcast. But um, left. no, no, it's, we're on the we're on the billing for it. We have right. two Star Wars related topics left, which is exciting. <laughs> oh, sweet, fun, fun. Um, but I definitely see like a potential. But uh, yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's really cool to see shows like The Mandalorian be amazing so far. I mean, one episode because it, it, it easily really could have been terrible. Absolutely, we would still watch it. Yeah, we would still watch it. But like. <sighs> I, I I wasn't a huge fan of Rebels. Couldn't get into it very much. Um, I hated the lightsaber change. I, didn't, I know I did that's like that somewhat accurate to the poster and all that, but I just couldn't get behind those skinny lightsabers. Ralph McQuarrie's art looks very good when it's not moving. Exactly. You know? So I do like though how Darth Vader is basically this unstoppable force. I do, I that's like the one too. thing they did right because if they had the kid lo- beat Darth Vader, I'd have been, been so it. mad. And yeah. the, the about three minutes Darth Maul versus Obi Wan. Very good finale to the ancient rivalry they had. Well, we got a little bit off topic from the Disney, but... I was going to say, backtrack from the Disney. That's true. Uh, Sweet Life and Zack and Cody was my was my that's crack the, cocaine That's the one I forgot. That was a good one. So That was my crack cocaine as a kid. So <laughs> that, was a, that was my good stuff. But All right, two topics left. On the horizon at two and TV show of the week at five. Wicked, roll that die. A two and a five, you said? Yes. Two. Two, Jedi Fallen Order releasing tonight at midnight. We are stoked for this one. So, video game of the... Or, actually, this is going to be on the horizon. So, I mean, the, the horizon's got no sun out. It's dark as heck out, and it has been for a while. So, we're in, the, we're in the waning hours of existing without a, a single-player EA Star Wars game. It's, life's about to be good if this game turns out the way it's being hyped up. The, and the, I did watch the trailer fully <laughs> the first time about... 45 minutes ago. Um, it, it did look really good. I like the concept they were doing, but 
I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a skeptic when it comes to video games and especially Star Wars related content, but I feel like this could be a really good movie, or video <laughs> game, uh, but I could also see it not delivering on what it play, uh, promises it to. You should absolutely be, uh, what do you call it? Um, skeptic. Skeptical. Uh, yeah. Of this game. Um, as much as I want it to be fantastic, as much as I think it's going to be fantastic, of course I'm skeptical. You remember the last game that came out, last Star Wars game that came out under the title? It was the Force Unleashed Two. Battlefront no, Two. Battlefront Two. Good guess though. <laughs> I had and a shot. You had the two it. right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Battlefront Two, and we all know how that went. Um, biggest gaming controversy since the original Mortal Kombat, basically. Um, that's that's a, a big that's a big gap. I would I wouldn't I say, say that. I say it. Oh, uh, future topic question. But um, I feel like horse armor in Oblivion. I mean, <laughs> if this if this if this game's <laughs> if this game succeeds, it's gonna show people that single player games are still alive. And if you make games well, they will sell. You know, that's right. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you make games. You make quality games, they're going to sell. Uh, if this flops, it's going to hurt the market, I feel like, because I really enjoy single-player games. And from what I see, I really like because uh, it feels like a Dark Souls game almost, you know? Yeah, Very I'm a big fan of that. Strategic and, um, like, with your dodges and your the your strikes and your health. You it's know? not a game you just pick up. Yeah, it's not a game you just – well – it's a game you got to learn, you know, and I'm I'm really excited about that because I didn't really want just a hack and slash, you know. It's I, I'm I'm excited, but you know you got to be wary well, when it comes to a an EA game. Well, well, with the main character, I I forgot his name. If it, they if they say that, I don't know. Cal Kestis. Um, yeah. He looks to be a very young, yeah. very 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 novice force user. I don't. I mean, we don't know the story just yet. Whether he learned it on his own or he was taught by that weird guy he was hanging out with. Yeah. Um, no, I he, def- he was a Padawan during the Jedi Purge. So that's a story. Well, yeah, in that case, I really don't want him to see him overpowered. And then that's the problem with video games because you got to make it progressive. Right, and, uh, right. I would love to see him throughout this game or maybe if they want to make a sequel, at least start his progression to becoming a master. But I don't want him to just immediately pick up a lightsaber and start you have, fight 60 clone troopers. Excuse me. Yeah, no, I don't. I think that that'd be really cool to have him learn again. You know, he has to go through something to re rekindle that spark with the force. That'd be really interesting, I think. Um, and having that uh, him progress along with you, you know, um, I not entirely sure, but I think they said there's there's not going to be any new game plus, which. It's kind of disappointing, but, you know, what are you going to do? Right. Something that we did see today, and we all kind of freaked out about, double-bladed lightsabers. Yeah. Oh, I'm so Confirmed excited for that. Confirmed at XO19 today. But, uh, yeah, that was that was awesome. And the game's shaping up to be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I mean, from what we see. I, as a disclaimer, I, in the past five years with my supply of money, I pre-ordered Battlefront Two, Mass Effect Andromeda, Battlefield <laughs> One, which I never played, and Fallout seventy six. So I really can't say much you don't about have a good track record. When yeah, it comes I, to which basically made me stop buying video games at release anymore. So I got burned a lot. But the the game is very, very promising, and I've heard a lot of really good things about it. Take that what you will, um, because there has been a review embargo on it, which is always a bad thing, no matter how you look at it. Until tomorrow, which I don't. I mean. It's kind of like it's shooting yourself in the foot as a developer. I don't know why developers continue to do this because if you don't have that much faith in a game, you're not hiding anything by saying, well, you can't review it until it comes out tomorrow. You're basically putting on the market that you might not have faith in the game. And I think EA has a lot of faith in this game. They seem to have given Respawn, a really good um, producer, uh, a, a lot of tools to make a good Star Wars game. And I think they're, uh, from what we've seen, they, they're, they have definitely. Uh, delivered on that but you're never you're always doing yourself a disservice when you embargo reviews until the day of release because there's always that glint of uh of lack of confidence basically and of course your confidence will be your downfall and i mean (laughs) the problem the problem with uh 
big, these big triple A games is you know how much money and how much time it takes to make these. And this is this is going to be my one of my future topics I want to discuss is triple uh, A versus indie games because since 2014, about there, um, I believe we've seen a big rise in like indie games. A big credit to that probably goes to Five Nights at Freddy's and YouTubers, PUBG, Undertale. Undertale being another big one. It's that those games people can pump out almost yearly mm-hmm. for little to nothing. Like, uh, I'm going to disagree with that. Because a I, lot of these games take, I mean, it's it, one sometimes one two-man developer teams that that take lifetime of work. Yeah, but, com- I mean, compare that to at least like a game like Finance at Freddy's compared to a AAA game like Fallout all that. Yeah. Just the amount of programming differences right. that go into that. And Scott Cawthon, the creator of Finance of Freddy's, has – I hit my mic. I apologize. Uh, has made – They'll know. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> he, he's pumped out, like, these games bi-yearly. Uh, bi- like, just the fact that in about the time it takes to make one AAA game, this guy – you can have six of them out. Right, right. And for $14 versus – how much is it? $60? 60 bucks. Yeah. I'm just, like, $20. a lot of people, cheaper alternative – and I mean, I'll go more in depth when we actually discuss right, yeah. this in topic. But that's a big challenge. But I mean, it, it looks promising, and I'm excited to see play it. I mean, counterpoint: if you saw the wallet increase that the guy did after he made the first Five Nights at Freddy's, you would dedicate your life into making a second, oh, third, fourth, sure, fifth. Yeah. I mean, he made a I mean, lot of money. That, off of that Five was Nights, like, his... and which became a meme game as well because of how but, it much it resonated with children. That was like his eighth attempt into making a universe like he actually has a whole bunch of uh previous games that just did terribly really and that's another big thing is with a triple a game you're going to release it people are either going to really love it or really hate it because if they if it's good they're going to really love it because they spent six dollars it was worth it if it's bad they're going to let you know mm. you buy a indie game for five dollars and it's bad well, I spent $5, so Scott was allowed the ability to experiment a little bit more. So the problem with Fallen, Fallen Jedi... Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. You're close. Man, I can't read. Um, <laughs> but it's basically, I'm saying, like, they have, this is a big shot in the dark for these kind of games, and it's either going to go over really well or really bad. Yeah, just to put a cap on this topic of discussion um I, it feels like christmas morning to me because i really want this game to be good but i'm also nervous for waking up in the morning what if my presents are bad i, I don't want this game to be bad uh it's got a lot of potential and if it flops and gets all the negative press that battlefront 2 got then there's a good chance we don't see anything like this come out again which right. is terrible and the and uh, there's another Counterpoint to that is the fact that EA have not have done themselves a complete disservice with their last two games that people might not buy the new one because of that. So I'm worried it won't sell well if it is a good game, but I'm also worried that it's just going to be a straight up bad game. Quick, so very quick, nervous about for tomorrow and when the review embargo lifts. Quick question for you both: You can only choose one that comes out: new Jedi, a new Star Wars game, or Rise of Skywalker. The game. Easily the game. And that speaks wonders about the Rise of Skywalker. We'll talk about that when Christmas season rolls around. All right, let's hit the Mandalorian and we'll call a wrap on our. (laughs) I rolled a five. There we go. TV show of the week The Mandalorian. Disney Plus just came out. We're going to try to keep this brief. We may talk about episode two next week if we want to. But. Huge spoiler warning. Yeah, huge spoiler yeah. warning. Just we're gonna talk about the Mandalorian. That's the whole point of the show is we're gonna discuss this crap. But Mandalorian, fantastic first episode, uh, in, in my opinion. Baby Yoda, what's Baby wrong with Yiddle? Yiddle? That surprised the heck out of me. I need to get the biggest I need spoiler out of the way. right now. I need more IG eleven in my life. He was this, funny. This is acceptable. I thought that was IG eighty eight the whole time. That's what my brother texted me. Yeah. It, no, it was IG eleven. Um, I. It's an IG lines a, a series of yeah. droids. Favorite Can. character. I have spoken. Yeah, Ugnat guy. Well, he didn't even have a name, did he? They never referred to him as a name. I think if we look in the uh, closed captions, they probably addressed him as something. I don't think so because we watched it so. twice. And yeah. but but yeah, I the the thing I like most about Mandalorian, aside from the great stuff we saw, is that most of the stuff from the trailer we have just seen. So based on here on out, we're going to see a lot of new stuff that hasn't been experienced because one of the shots from the trailer that got me hyped the most was him shooting the the door control that cut that guy in half. And we got that in like the first two minutes of the show. So I was like, 
We're only going to go up from here. Really this set the awesome. tone it, of yeah. the movie or TV show. Yeah. That. And Pedro Pascal, as the episode, uh, I, I like that as it started, he was more of a run-of-the-mill bounty hunter, no emotions. But as it got on, he was frustrated by those animals. He he showed a lot of emotions. He was kind of funny. And it, him and IG-11 had a lot of great interaction together. And then he ends up basically betraying his his contract to, to probably save this child, which we'll find out tomorrow yeah, what happens. It's a big day for Star Wars tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Um, I really like, the, as you said, how he becomes more human, quote-unquote. Like, it really allow, allows you to sympathize More Mandalorian. Them. There you go. Um, but, like, for a stoic character, it's really hard to get behind and root for him and whom the win besides basic storytelling. But seeing him actually struggle yeah, and actually... I- Absolutely. Be a person we can, you know, we want to see him succeed now. We want to see him save baby Yiddle, who's right. 50 years old. And, you know. Yeah, he, uh, by seeing him struggle like that, also prevents him from be- being a Gary Stew, which is very nice. So. I mean, that's kind of funny because that, um, the 50 year old, I don't know why I pointed at you, you said it, but <laughs> not that people could tell. But, um, it's funny because it kind of confirms a long standing question about Yoda's species and yeah. that does he age like an adult and just live a really long time, or is it just like an extended lifetime that is drug out over a long time? Well, like, well we know 50 the, years old is about infant level, it's about five days old, apparently. I guarantee. Yeah someone who's much smarter than us is going to look at that and oh, somehow yeah. match progression to know what approximate age. Yeah, people are smart. What's your age in Yoda years? People are smart. <laughs> right. Well, Yoda years, I am. Yoda, uh, to be fair to Yoda, he had a lot of stress in his life. That's I, true. This I wonder, Yoda might yeah, live he, a little longer. <laughs> it's like being the Grandmaster is like being the president. You look at Obama eight years later and he's all white. Yeah. And well, not His white. hair's all white. There you go. I was going to yeah, say, he's white. still African-American. <laughs> but, um, Thank you. I just want to know if Yoda and Yaddle are the parents. Yaddle. Yaddle. Yeah, a lot of Yiddle, Yaddle, Yaddle. Although, I mean, didn't Yoda live longer than normal for his species? This was in the EU in a comic, but they said that he kept himself alive with the Force because he knew he had to train Luke. I mean, this is a nerd tangent, but basically, like, he would have died years ago, but he knew that he was needed to be there to help Luke in his training. Because literally the second Luke's training is done, he's like, all right, yeah. I'm out. Nap he's time. Pieces out. Well, I'm head out. Yeah. And yeah. since he can control lightning, why didn't he just do that in the first place? It's not a light side power. Because Ryan Johnson's about I'm, I'm referencing Last Jedi where he blew up the tree. Oh, lightning. Yeah, like he lightning, controls lightning. natural lightning. Okay. He could have just blown up the Death Star like that, right? I mean. What you going to do? Ryan Johnson, yeah. <laughs> but what else, what else from the Mandalorian? There's one thing else I'm tr- turning into Wicket. <laughs> oh, there, there's a big thing that you weren't there when we talked about it. So um, there was a great, great reference back to the original Mandalorian in Boba Fett. So in the infamous holiday special back in 1980, um, when Boba Fett's first appearance is in that animated section of the show, Mason, um, he, uh, he, there's a, they're, they're down in a lake, basically a lake type deal. Uh, with the Falcon, and the Falcon's being trapped by this giant monster, and Boba Fett brings out this giant spear thing, and yep. he shocks it. Yeah. So it's a, basically a direct callback when the Mandalorian does that as well. And, um, the that, the, the, yeah, and they mentioned Life Day as well. Life that Day. got a great cheer out of me. Yeah. The, that's like one of only four instances that the Life Day is ever like directly mentioned in Star Wars media because obviously it – the whole holiday special was shoved under the desk. But uh, I remember just going to say, so as we wrap up the show right now, I want to take bets on the episode we get to see his face because, you know, that's going to be a big Master Chief talking point. Uh, Yeah. Episode um, six. I'll go. I can't wait for uh, episode three. Going early. I'm going to say episode seven. Mm. Now, on technicality, during his flashbacks, you see his face as a kid. So episode one. All right, you know okay. what we're talking about, though. But uh, what if he takes off his helmet and it's IG-88? Imagine. What if come he, back? <laughs> he takes off his mask and it's Yiddle. That'd be awesome. Dang. I am your father. He uh, takes off the mask and it's Oberyn Martell. Yeah, it is Oberyn Martell. It is Oberyn Martell. What if it's Oberyn Martell face smashed in version? Ooh. That's nuts. Yeah, maybe you know, it's the mountain. Yeah, nice. That'd be awesome. That would be pretty cool. Which mountain though? That mountain. 
Hathor Bjornsson, of There's course. There's three of them. Oh, you're right. There are. The one true Jeez. one. The one true one. Hathor Bjornsson, hashtag guy. the, I mean, shout out to the world's strongest man. Yeah. All right, this is getting out of hand. We're an hour four in now. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. You've been listening to the Entertainment Hour. We'll give our final sign-off. This is Tanner Frost. Diego Huerta. Mason Wicket. And we'll be back with more at some interval next week. We'll get this uploaded tonight, hopefully, on this November 14th, a Thursday, for our premiere of the Entertainment Hour. We'll probably get a new logo, a new name, hopefully some new co-hosts and a certain someone <laughs> in Pierce White. <laughs> but in the meantime, how about you listen to some of the other Alternative Edge shows? Uh, Football and Focus with Austin West and Lavelle Harris, Lost and Found podcast with Tyler Bruner, many more as well. So go out, give them a listen, and hopefully leave us a good review on iTunes. With that, from Tanner Frost, Diego Huerta, and Mason Wicket, this has been the first episode of the Entertainment Hour. We'll see you next week.